Welcome back to Hey on Trek Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the uh, the greatest club that plays at Deutsche Bank Park, maybe. Uh, we'll see. We'll discuss that in this episode. Uh, I'm host for this episode, uh, Chris, here in uh, the middle of the Mitten State, in the great state of Michigan. Uh, you can find me on Peloton, Instagram, Discord, all the social media channels at C in the D313. Um, you can find the show, halfpod.com. All of our socials are linked there. Uh, I really made this a really exciting opening to the show, didn't I? Can you tell how excited I am to be here today? Uh, halfpod.com <laughs> for all the links. Um, uh, uh, Twitter.com or x.com forward slash H-E-F pod. Uh, Matt does a good job on Instagram. I try to do it once in a while, but he's much better than I am with that platform. Uh, that's at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, so we're going to get right into it today. That uh, voice you hear in the background snickering at my misery and probably right about the same place I am at this point in time uh, is my good friend Garrett uh, down in the suburban Detroit area. Garrett, I'm not yet on the ledge, um, but I'm looking at it. Where are you at right now? So I'm going to start off with the glorious things that took place um, last end of last week into this weekend. Um, our Detroit Red Wings <laughs> giving us feelings that we have not felt in years. Uh, defeating Brian's abs, smacking Nathan's blues. Sorry, bud. Um Defeating the Blackhawks on Chelios' retirement night with Kane getting the winning goal. Um, former manager Oliver Glasner leading my English Eagles and playing, giving me joy on a Saturday morning for the first time and who the fuck knows when. Um, and then on the other end, our dear Adler, which we'll talk about. You know what? I've always promised, and Brian's mentioned it over and over, this will not become a hockey podcast. But if it did, there would be a little more excitement around here. It's just a really difficult right. time. Even, you know, Nathan could get on board. I think they're still in the hunt down there in St. Louis. Uh, you know, our our creative director, Miles, he'd have some problems because those Blackhawks just suck. But, you know, we're not a He's hockey a podcast. <laughs> they were so close. Oh. We're not a hockey podcast. We're an Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. And that's where we're going to keep things today. As difficult as it may be, we're going to talk our way through this, and I'm going to try to tell you why things might not be as bad as they seem. I'm going to try. No promises, but I'm going to try. So let's go back and start our review with last week, last Thursday, the 22nd, uh, Miracle on Ice Day, if we're sticking with the hockey theme here in the States. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> Sorry. You know, here, here's the thing. We went into the second leg of the Europa Conference League matchup with Union St. Galois out of Belgium, knowing what we needed. Victory. Clear, clear as day. There's no draw because you drew the first round. You're at home. You need a victory. That I mean, there's no other scenario than just win. And... Um, I don't think we necessarily expected a win. I think we hoped for it. Our most positive thoughts were in a victory. 
but this was just about the most disappointing possible two to one loss. Uh, it was no fluke. It was no accident. USG is the best team in Belgium right now. And they came into our house and absolutely smacked us around uh, in that middle portion of the game. Now, I was driving while watching, so I did miss out on a few things. I mean, I wasn't watching if the Michigan State Police are are listening to this podcast. I promise I wasn't watching on the screen in my car. Uh, but we got pushed around in our own house. Um the 2-1 final, we'll, we'll jump right into the scoreline because there's not a lot to talk about here. We're out of European competition. We're out of the Pokal. All we have to play for is the league. Uh, but the way we exited kind of left a sour taste in my mouth and not putting up more of a fight, knowing that we needed to win to advance. When we went down 1-0 in the 47th um, and then didn't come back with any amount of firepower. I mean, three shots on target for the entire match. Like I said, leading into it last week, shoot, shoot, shoot. You literally cannot score if you don't shoot the ball. Um, if we're going back to hockey, unless you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you try to pass it backwards and it goes into the goal, that's always an option, one way to lose. But um, the reality is, Garrett, we just didn't have any fight on our home turf playing for European survival. Uh, am I out of line for setting my hair on fire over this one? I don't think you need to set your hair on fire, but let's rewind briefly back to the day before Wednesday. Our Discord was having a good, hearty discussion of frustration. Uh, because you know, we had just found like Kalidrich's in- injury, yep. we're talking about our frustrations with what we've been seeing so far. I was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe there's a bit too much negativity. And then that fucking match happened. Um, and then I jumped on board. Well, let me, my problem let me with, ask you this. My problem with hold this. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this because this is part of it. You set it up by mentioning the, the disappointment in the Sasha Kalajic injury. What has he brought to the table since the move where you said, oh, man, this could shift the result of the game? Because for me, that's that's part of the story here is that we lost the guy who's been starting for us for the last month, and we really didn't we didn't lose anything. We didn't lose any shots on target. We didn't lose any um, header threat from a guy who's you know as tall as my house. I really felt like without him, we didn't miss a beat in our ineptitude. But in the first ten minutes of that first leg in Belgium, we played like we had something down there. And both Chayibi and Kalajic had a goal and an assist. And we were playing direct. We were playing with intent. We were playing like we had to do something. Where the fuck was that in our own barn on Thursday? And I'm, I'm with you. And I think it's, it's difficult because the European Knights in Frankfurt are exceptionally magical. And the supporters brought it again. All props to them for showing up and doing their thing. Um, But it seems like, you know, even going back through the highest of the highs in the European competition uh, in the last few years, we struggle to meet the expectation at home. Sometimes it's just easier to go on the road and say, we got nothing to lose here, which is kind of what we did in that first leg. 
And then the second leg comes around. And though we're playing what like eight or nine of the same guys, you wouldn't recognize them out there. Right. What changed? And I think the problem is and I think too, I think what happened was when you look at this European competition this year, this squad, this manager and the tactics, I look at the last couple of years and realize that in these matches, last year getting through the group stage of the Champions League, and yeah, even though we fell short against Napoli, we still had some grit, we still had some fight, we still, you know, were willing to roll up our sleeves, maybe a little bit too much last year, which is why we had the RKM red card, but we, we, yeah, we may have lost, but we didn't go down without a fight. I didn't see that group, that willingness and grit and rolling the sleeves up um, throughout this t- European ch- uh, Europa Conference League. If we yeah. did just a little bit of that, we win this group. We don't lose both games to Pauk. We don't go into the situation with Union St. Gilles. Um, after blow, maybe if maybe we blow the two goal lead in leg one, but at least if we have a little more fight and grit, we don't show up to our home turf on a European night in Harrison von Europa and treat it like a glorified training session because that's what it's looked like. I made watching that. I, I made a sarcastic comment earlier in the European competition. Don't recall the match, but for some reason, Tuto was way up pitch and shooting an absurd amount of shots at target and missing target on every single one, but he was taking them. And for yeah. that, I appreciated it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I turned the match off after it went two nil. Uh, Cause I just couldn't stand to watch that funeral. You know, I, I see uh, a bit may have got one back great for us uh, with, yeah. you know, a handful of minutes left, but it's at that point where you just say, who, who do we have to kick in the ass to get some offense around here? And it's not going to get any better later in our discussion about what happened next or not too much better. But, you know, that's one. If you look at at where the subs came in uh, with Ipembe, Chandler, Rhoda, Ekatike, um, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe instead of, I mean, we have to have Rhoda. He's, he's a, you know, balancing act in the middle, but. I would have gone a little bit more offensive if it's me and you need mm-hmm. to score goals. Maybe no, I can't say that after what happened on the weekend, I was going to say maybe instead of Chandler, you're looking at Philip max or something. Uh, I don't care about left foot, right foot. None of that. I care about getting the ball down the pitch and it's been intent. A, a recurring intent? issue all season long where I was just looking it up. If you go back to Bundesliga play, we're third or fourth in the league with possession percentage and it's only 50 percent so we're one of the better you know top third or top quarter of the league in possession but when it comes down to what you do with it once you have possession we're horrible we're terrible yeah and this match even though it wasn't in the league it was the same issue for me where it's not how much you're on the ball it's what you do with the ball and the, the case on right. point for that is the stat line where we had 53% possession, 434 passes um, at 79%. That's way below, especially when you consider that the, the percentage, um, the accuracy of passing goes down as you progress down the field. Um, 
you got to be up in that 85 percentile area if you're going to be winning matches in the final third because that's usually where most of your passes don't connect. So, I mean, we might have been lucky to three get three shots out of that on target. Long. Three shots on target. Um, so even if we because a couple of years ago when even when we won Europa League, we had some games where we weren't completing 70 percent passes, but we were taking shots with what we had. I didn't see that with this. It was yep. trying to be it's trying to be the perfect goal or the training goal rather than who's going to try to take a shot from long distance. And you and, know what happens or, when you when you take shots low and on direction, even if they don't it, I mean we've seen a few tipped in off our defenders legs, misdirections, things like that, but even if the goalie stops it, if there's traffic in front of him, he's not getting a clean hands on it. It's bouncing off the goalie or bouncing off a defender and giving you rebound opportunities. We're not flooding bodies to the goal. We're trying to get slam dunk type goals that are not going to be sustainable because we can't control the ball in the offensive third. Right. And we get pushed around by it. Like, yeah, that score line was two to one in favor of the visitors. It could have been worse. They were up for it. And they're, like you said, the Union Singles showed why they're the top team in Belgium and why they're, you know, as much as people say, oh, it's the Bundesliga versus... No, I don't think that that saying, that mindset's fucked because Absolutely. you look at a qual- that that's a quality team and that's a quality team that you I feel like maybe could have beat us more than 2-1 the way we looked on Thursday. You know what? That's a loser take too. When you say, oh, well, we're the Bundesliga and, and no Bundesliga team would be up for playing... Uh, competition from a lower league. That's bullshit. Right. Because they do yeah. it every year. Um, we've done it in the past. Uh, we've stepped up in both competitions in recent memory, Champions League, Europa League, playing uh, teams that were in leagues that are so-called below us. You know what? The Bundesliga is a phenomenal league. But you know what other, other leagues have to? Professionals that make a living off of their game. Mm-hmm. And to think that they're just yep. going to roll over and say, "Well, I'm not going to not going to take today seriously because I'm going up against this Bundesliga side." Anyone that's watched a few minutes of Eintracht Frankfurt on tape knows how beatable we are. Everyone would love to play yep. us, and in that atmosphere, it, it, there's nothing better. If if you've ever played a minute of sports in your life, there's nothing better than going into the opposing team's arena and shutting the crowd down, making them silent. And you know what? Frankly, that's what happened here. That stadium was quiet, not entirely after the first goal, but after the second goal, it was crickets in there. And you better believe they earned that. And that's the kind of thing. Hopefully it's a lesson going forward for our young guys. We gave that even more time and energy than I wanted to. Um, But the point stands. We have got to be better in the competitions that we've prided ourselves on being good in. It's not just that we lost. It's that we lost with minimal fight. And to me, that's yep. unacceptable uh, for Eintracht Frankfurt, no matter the competition. You know, when we went out in Champions League last year, you mentioned Napoli. I could not argue that at all. I was proud as hell of that group for the fight they put up. Uh, even the RKM red card that I disagreed with the call. I had no issue with him taking that because he was going for it. He put everything into it. Yep. Lindstrom and and RKM and the guys that aren't here anymore. I think we're seeing where Jabril So was just kind of that glue factor on the pitch that you needed. I mean, the, 
the guys replacing him are doing great, but he's just a bona fide leader. There is nobody that held this group together through the ups and downs then were no different than they are now. Um, but we don't have the guys that are willing to say, I'm going to be the one to fix this. You know, Jesper right. Lindstrom would disappear for 60 minutes at a time. And then he'd remind you for two minutes why he's out there in that starting 11. We don't have that guy. Like Niels and Cuckoo right nope. now, I, I don't know. We're not getting the production out of those guys that we expect. Um, and I think the bad thing is, the, the, the tough part is, our Gibraltar-like player this year is our 19-year-old in Hugo Larson who's Hugo injured. Larson. Yeah. Who is, granted, I love how good he is, but why is he the one? That's the Gibraltar-like guy in this team. What about the other guys that are the vet- veterans and experienced? Why aren't they stepping up in this situation when one goes down? I don't know. Uh, I think that's my that's like my take of it. Just because it's like we well, have ourselves to blame. Let me ask you this. Alone. Let me ask you this. I wasn't going to bring this up in this episode. I was mm-hmm. going to wait till the next one, but I'm going to ask it now. I posed the question yeah. in in the Discord chat. Uh, if you want to join the Discord chat, let's uh, go to halfpod.com. The link is in the top right corner with the video game controller icon. Um, but here's my here's my question: Have we become such a transient club that there's no emotion attached to playing for Eintracht Frankfurt anymore? And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about the Kevin Traps, the Timothy Chandlers, the Sebastian Rotas that have history and have been there. I mean, um, the Ekatikes, um, uh, the Vandebeeks, um, Robin Cock, guys that, that are good, that were good, that will be even better at some point in their career. Are we where players go to rehab their image, to play on a big stage in front of a whole lot of fans and, or, like, like, what is it? Because we, we don't have any less experience than we did before. Mario Goza, another one. Are we just a rehab project or a retirement home? Or you know, are these the blue one, guys, World Cup only, winner, that is not able to get the message through? The only one really out of these new guys that have joined this year that I feel like has got Eintracht Frankfurt on his sleeve Ellis Geary at times shows it, but the other other guy to me is Omar Marmosh. And and you know what? It's like, I feel like, you know, the fact that we were talking about what we're seeing from players versus what we were seeing from players last year, Omar Marmosh may eventually equal or surpass RKM's numbers last from last year, the way at where he's at right now. But when he's gone for a few weeks like it what like he was we disappeared. And if it's not him, then maybe Einskern Knauf seems to be showing like he's got the heart on the sleeve, at least this run lately. But other than that, I don't know. I don't really, I mean, because here's the thing. We're also seeing the, the hearts on the sleeves guys that were a fucking wall that were as material wise as the statue that Kevin Trapp is going to have eventually start to wither, start to crack. And, we didn't and we're now in a weak link in this because we took money granted for in the situation for Ramai great money for it but why didn't we 
incentivize him for maybe being like, hey, I get that it's tough being the backup, but here's incentive for you. This will become yours. And now we don't have that. And now we're seeing like what happens. We're asking a lot of our goal of Kevin Trapp, like we have in years past, except this time, time is becoming an enemy for us. Yeah. You know, and it sucks. Yeah. It, it's something that you mentioned Marmouche. I'm going to go back to him for a minute because you see the fire in him. I think he's less talented than RKM. Certainly not as polished as RKM was, at least in his time with us, not as much since then. Um, but you see him putting in that maximum effort when he's on the ball. What, what he doesn't have is the guys running with him. You know, Jovic had Rebic and, and, uh, Haller. Haller. And RKM had Lindstrom and Kostic and guys like that. Uh, Marmouche has an Abimbe who's fast as hell, but disappears for 80 minutes. I mean, he's got Kanauf who, who is good. And Kanauf is, you know, one of the senior guys in this group now. We need the next thing from him. We need we need the Knauf that had us saying buy him outright from Dortmund right now. I, I literally I said it on this podcast. I would give my last penny to sign Knauf and keep him. Now I'm like, man, what was I thinking? I've never been good with investment, but I, I don't know. I don't know where our heads are right now. Um, but you know what? The point is, we had a Thursday match and a turnaround uh, for a Sunday matchup. And once again, um, at home, <laughs> that's the other part of this this phenomena here. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt heads back home Sunday to face Wolfsburg, a team in the bottom half of the table and a team that we're familiar with, at least uh, their, their head coach, who used to be with us, Nico Kovac. Uh, it's certainly a little blood in the water there for him trying to come back home and and take a bite out of Eintracht Frankfurt. And guess what? They did it. Um, my coffee wasn't even done brewing. And I, uh, Eintracht had already conceded a goal to Wolfsburg. 2-2 uh, draw. So we're not going to go straight into the whole world is collapsing. A 2-2 draw. Our third straight draw in Bundesliga play. So it's not exactly a losing streak. But we're dropping points to the wrong, the wrong teams. Um, Garrett, let's reset this before we just say, you know, the, the world is on fire, a two, two drawn Bundesliga play. It's a tough league to win in, um, but you're at home. You have a, a matchup advantage on paper. How much did the hangover, the bad taste in the mouth from Thursday affect the start on Sunday? You know, I think. That has a, another part of it, but you know, you're talking about teams in the lower half that we should beat. I was just thinking while we were talking about this, we're playing a VFL Wolfsburg team who seems to be a bogey team at the Waldstadion, and the fact that three of the last four matches between Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt at the Waldstadion going into yesterday had ended up in Wolfsburg wins. And if it wasn't for Omar Marmush in the 93rd minute, it would have been four out of five. Um, maybe it's Kovac, maybe it's, um, that damn diva. I don't know. Um, I think we were flat in the beginning that Arnold strike from, he took a shot outside of the box. 
beautiful concept, struck off the post, went back to Jonas Vind, who headed the ball over, and we were just flat-footed. We didn't fucking have anyone really jumping. Trap was flat-footed. Um, I liked our response for Philip Max on the equalizer. He took the shot, Ekatike, creating space to feed the ball. That was impressive. Second goal, uh, <laughs> deflection. And, you know, I tried – I I didn't watch the match live yesterday. I was at – church and i messaged and i messaged the our our group and they're like try to watch the match in its entirety i tried doing that when i got home i fell asleep and took a nap before red wins blackhawks so i watched the highlights though at the end of the match we started to get a little bit of that fire knoff almost had one marmush got the equalizer can that be a jump i hope so because well um Nathan brought a good stat to us today. I think it was either today or late yesterday. We've been in sixth place for eight consecutive weeks, right? Yeah. Um, which is a sign of two things. One, that we are struggling to really take the next steps to go further up in the table. And B, everyone be- is this is a weak Bundesliga when you get below sixth place. So... I don't know if I should be happy, like incredibly happy that we're sixth or frustrated that we're sixth because this is the most frustrating sixth place team I feel like I've ever talked about. And, you know, that's where I'll take the point. I'll take the point, though. That's where we took the points early where we shouldn't we shouldn't be apologizing at this point. You know, you you do what you had to do um, to take points early in the year to set yourself up for when times are tough. But these tough times just aren't squaring themselves up at all. We're kind of stuck in this absolutely horrific situation where we can't get our head out of our ass. I mean, our I I talked about the lack of depth scoring, and we got to give some credit to Philip Max for coming up with one um, because certainly we needed to stabilize the ship there. Uh, that was a point where we're down one. One nil super early, and then Philip Max comes back and gets one. Gets one. Uh, that's where we need to be. But where are we going after that? Where, if we look at where the goals are coming from in league play now, um, our leading goal scorers Marmouche with ten. This is in league play. Uh, Kanalfa seven, Ebembe three, and Cuckoo two, Shkiri two, Larson two. There's a handful of others with one. Like that's where we're sitting right now. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know why we're supposed to be, um, you know, real thrilled about any of this. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like we're in six. It doesn't feel like we're sitting in a European position fighting for more. Somehow we're not dropping a ton of points, with, but we're also not gaining. You know, the, the drop points two to Wolfsburg, two to Freiburg, two to Balkum. Those are. Major points dropped, and I know you're going to talk about that in a minute and and your messed up stat of the week. Um, but for me, there's a little fight at the end. You know, the, the savior at the end with the goal from Marmouche. Um, gosh, where would we be without that right now? And that's what I hate thinking about. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm happy that we put up a little bit of a fight. I just lost my stats for this one. Okay. Uh, 57% possession. So there's a little bit of a step up. Um, 
77% passing. So there's a step down from 79, which is about our average. Shots on target, five. I thought we did a little better of shooting. Uh, Wolfsburg got in the way and blocked a whole ton of shots. So credit, Kovac ball. Credit I mean, that's Nico Kovac's. Absolutely. That, that's what we were known for when he was with us. And um, he certainly kept that up defensively, uh, just getting in the way. Uh, Garrett, in your um, early watching before you took your nap, was that a handball? The, so I watched the highlights after it. The, the hand went off. It went off Knopf's hand. Knopf's hand. Yeah, are you surprised it wasn't looked at further? Or you thought the video was clear enough from what you saw that they, the, the VAR guy said, hey, I have no reason to look at this further? I think when I was watching it live, I was struggling a little bit. But then when I watched the highlights, it made sense that it was Knopf's hand. Because you can see a hand tuck in behind. It was LaCroix that got the goal. So, I mean... It is what it is. Something that I'm looking at that I didn't really notice when watching live. I think the Bundesliga fact sheet listed us as rolling our 3-4-3. I don't know what um, Hefpod.com listed in the formation, but FopMob's telling me we went kind of 4-4-2 on this. And it looked like Tuda was um, at times coming in in the central midfield with Van de Beek. We looked a bit more direct when we were having the ball, and that might have to do with Max playing and Ekatike playing. Um, I think the quicker we play in, you know, our attacking, the better we are. The more we try to do this, like, pass the ball aimlessly and that, that's where teams catch up to us. They, you know, they take the lanes from us, they get in front of us, and we struggle. But when we have use our speed, we have some quick players, people that can take advantage of open space. When we play in transition, great things happen. What did you think so of Tuta's both position? Of our goals, A little sweeper transition. Action. Huh? What was your thought on Tuta and his position? Kind of a sweeper um, action. Not really noticing so much where I'd be like okay, he did a lot, but I also wasn't really yelling at him because the Freiburg game, he's responsible. His back pass to Hasebe was why Hasebe unfortunately wound up clipping the leg of, I yeah. think it was, I don't know if it was Grilla on that. So I didn't say what the fuck. Like, I feel like I'm channeling something. Like I remember Matt saying it earlier, like two to what the fuck. I didn't have that <laughs> moment, which is probably a good thing, but it seems like we're trying to figure out what is working right now with this group. And we are, and that was match day 23 of a 34 game season. Yeah. We're so we're what I don't do fractions. My third year, third grader does, uh, but we're what two thirds of the way through the season. And we're still trying to find our identity. That's a brutal spot to be in. Uh, Personally, I like Tuta on that outside back line. That's, that's where he's, been our best against you know attacking forwards is keeping them outside and challenging sometimes getting beat but I think that's where he's best I thought he looked a little bit lost and it certainly didn't add any backup uh when we needed to push forward um who was available when we needed to push forward was a guy making his Bundesliga debut for the season um and absolutely contributing in a way that you know it's been hard to get contributions from anybody. 
Timothy Chandler in his first Bundesliga action of the year. We saw him in Europa Conference League play. Um, but first Bundesliga appearance, eight minutes on the pitch, and his first touch of the ball is a nice uh, nice uh, deflection with his head, puts the ball through uh, for the, the game-time goal. Now here's the thing. I love Timothy Chandler. Everybody knows it. Um, my daughter wears his number because of how much we love him in this household. But here's the thing. He's not taking us to Europe. Timothy Chandler is not that good. Right. I'll, I'll beg for it all day, but that's mostly because I don't see the heart in the other guys. Uh, Timothy Chandler is there because he loves Eintracht Frankfurt. He could easily be retired now. He's got the money. He's got a beautiful young family to look after. Like he's not there because he needs the game of soccer. He's put in his time. He's been a World Cup participant. But what Timothy Chandler does is he loves Eintracht Frankfurt. And he loves being that glue guy in the locker room on the training pitch, even sitting in the stands when they don't put him in the 18. What does he do when he gets on the pitch? He made a play to to tie the game and get us a critical point. He leads. Does that he mean does that mean that he needs to be uh in the starting lineup next weekend against Heidenheim? Absolutely not. I'm not advocating for that. But what I want from Dino is to look at what happens when you use the guys on your bench and not the guys that you're just not sure where to put them or what to do with them. You got a guy who said, you know what? No one else wants to try. I'm going to put you out there. And look what happened. Look what happens mm-hmm. when you don't let your assets sit on the bench and rot, but you say, hey, I need someone to make a play. Give me the heart guy. Give me the heart guy 10 times out of 10 because that's what this club doesn't have right now on the attack. There is no, with the exception of Marmouche, who interestingly was ready at the other end. Instead of letting that ball dribble, dribble through the box to the keeper, he was right there to put his foot through it. That is what this mm-hmm. group needs is some fucking heart. And I'm so glad Timothy Chandler had that opportunity. Now, yeah. the question is the follow-up. Know who the pl- Go ahead. I was going to say, you want to know who the player of the match was? He didn't even start. Wasn't Chandler. Niels and Cuckoo. Okay. Uh, because you did see the moment that Kanaf had that ball that Nkuku's played. Similar to some of the best balls that have been played in the second half of the season have been Niels and Cuckoo. And those are balls in advance when player defense is still trying to find their feet to get a guy in transition. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that more often? Yeah. Yeah. That use your strengths. Utilize your strengths. We aren't doing that. Yeah. We seem to start maybe. That's the spark. But what, what were you going to ask for that second part? No, I, you know, I was going to mention we, we've talked at, at nauseum about our lack of offensive effort and production. Um, I was just going to update us on where we were with our lowest stat count in the league situation. Uh, after 23 match days, we're sitting 18th with 238 shots on target. Next closest is 255. And I'm kind of going through the stats, looking at, how we match up and this, that, and the other thing. And then after looking at that, I looked at what, what, what was our bread and butter when we were successful? It was crosses, Kostic, Kanauf. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kostic was the best in the game at that time at those crosses from open play. Um, but where are we now? What is our identity now? Cause we certainly aren't moving the ball up the middle. How are we getting our offensive opportunities? Uh, we're also dead last in the Bundesliga and crosses. 
152 attempted crosses. The next lowest is Balcom with 181. 181. Um, to get up to, to get get up to mid table, if you want to get up to ninth in the Bundesliga in crossing attempts, you go up to Stuttgart at 208 attempts. So we're 57 behind. Uh, I'm again, bad at math. We're 56 behind the mid table position for crosses. Now, different style of play. Sure. But you got to ask, is this style of play working? with the personnel that Dino has. And I would say, hey, man, something's got to change here. Uh, before we move on, is it Dino Rouse or are we not there yet? Before I say that, I want to give – you were talking about crosses and that. I think this is the best place to put this in because you know I'm going to talk about <laughs> this. Um, many know I am, in addition to Frankfurt, I'm a di- – I, I have a love for my English Eagles, which is Crystal Palace, who had Oliver, which was our former manager, who and one that got us to Europa League triumph. And Oliver Glasner had his first match with them, leading the side on Saturday, a three 0 win, a team that was I have not seen a Palace team play like that. And what were they doing? They were playing on the ground mostly, but direct, running forward putting crosses across boxes, causing havoc, especially when they their opposing team went down to 10 men, they kept driving and going. It made me, as much as happiness as I was for seeing that on Saturday, it made me sad for what we didn't have in Frankfurt a little bit. And part of that was that aggression. Um, Marmush, the goal, seems to have the aggression. When Nkuku plays those early balls, that's aggression. More of that. Those type of things. Now you're going to ask me about Dino. Um, Give me the 11 games. I'm not... It's harsh if we go one and done. Because, again, like, it's like we're six, but at the same time... We, I don't see the things that are have been imprinted in the Eintracht Frankfurt DNA of playing in the days of Niko Kovac leading the side, even the days of Adi Huder leading the side, definitely in the days of Ali Glaser. I'm not seeing th- in this things that disappeared somehow, especially after you know our UECL exit, our Pokal exit. So I have two quick I questions. I need to see that. I need I need yeah. thirty seconds or less answers here. Number one, what do you need in the final eleven matches to be confident that he's the right guy in the future? More shots on target, more intent in style of play, like how we played against Bayern Munich. I need more of that. Fair enough. And the last question, in three words or less, what is the identity? Of this 23-24 on track Frankfurt squad. Wait and see. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Garrett, give us our fucked up stat of the week. Oh man. I hate you know, as much as it imp- amazes me that I, we keep finding these fucked up stats. It's also when because you asked me a question of like trying to compare it to other clubs, we can't because it's Lion Track Frankfurt. 
The we our current winless streak is now at six games across six matches across all competitions. Which also, by the way, unfortunately, still started after Chris stated what he wanted to do to the diva, and I picked a clean sheet. But this is not new ground. This is the third season in a row that we have had a run of five or more winless consecutive um, in the restart. When you keep going with it just in the restart, so say January of that season and after, four out of five years, um, and even five out of six, and when you expand the data to go at any point in the season, six consecutive seasons. I don't have anything else to add. Um, That's... That's very concerning to me that we have this pattern. Now, every team has cold streaks in the first half and the second half. Everybody has a point where their play is just not right. But that is a long stretch. I mean, you're talking a a six of the season where you're playing bad football and you do that twice. And, you know, once in the first half, once in the second half, you're screwed. You're tanked. Uh, We are lucky to be in the position we're in where we banked some early points and bought a little bit of equity because uh, I'm not ready to sell the home yet, uh, but I'm thinking about it. I'm shopping for realtors at this point. And on that note, Garrett, um, that's the perfect, that's, that's a perfect point segment in segue into what are we drinking segment. Um, the only part of this show that I actually know a little bit better than the game of soccer and, for all of you, I'm sorry you have to deal with that, uh, but that's the way it is. So I was going through my fridge, and I I had some good beers from a local brewery this weekend. Uh, but I was going through my fridge, and I was like, man, that beer looks like Timothy Chandler. And it turns out it was a can of Big Hearted IPA from Bell's. Uh, Bell's makes the legendary Two Hearted Pale Ale. Uh, the Big Hearted IPA is their Imperial version of that beverage and you know what it's big hearted it's big flavored it's timothy chandler in a can and i wish i try frankfurt would open a can of timothy chandler once in a while uh it is 9.5 abv um so it's not as strong as other imperial beverages uh but it's got that nice full body flavor you expect from two hearted and um I can't say enough about just how much I'm impressed with my, with my, uh, what's the word? Decrease of alcohol consumption, moderate, uh, consumption of alcohol given what we're having to deal with here. Because in years past, it would, you know, not in like the concerning kind of way, but in a holy shit, you're nervous sipping your way through this 2-2 draw. It's more of, I'm too in shock to, uh, to enjoy this beverage and I don't want to waste it. Uh, what have you been eating? What have you been drinking? Um, I just I am in the state of I need to get rid of this gallon of low fat milk, so <laughs> I just uh, finished the glass that I had um, just a couple minutes ago. So I also have a glass of water too. What's better in your um, mind? I have a question: chocolate milk or white milk? So chocolate milk, I won't go all the time. Um, I do enjoy. Going through the different levels of white milk, um, there was a good time where I was hitting the the vitamin D hard, but unfortunately my uh, LDL numbers said I needed to cut that shit out. <laughs> um, 
so I've been rotating between 2%, 1%, uh, and skim. So I will probably get the skim again this week just because I hadn't had it in a while. But yeah, I go, chocolate's a delicacy. I save it for special occasions, but I go white more, white milk more often. Not going to lie, I miss the shelf-stable milk in Germany because I never ran out. Here, you know, this stuff you got to keep refrigerated all the time. It's hard to like go to the fridge and there's only a half a cup there because your kid is growing like a weed and drinks a gallon of milk every week. And I'm like, damn, nothing left for me. Not even enough for a bowl of cereal. Uh, yeah, if anyone's listening, Venmo me some milk money. <laughs> all right, Garrett, uh, we talked too much there about the bad stuff. We're going to try and put on our positive hats as we look forward in segment two to what's going on around the league and preview of next weekend. So it's hard sometimes, uh, you know, to get through this Eintracht fandom, uh, but we do it together. And uh, we, Garrett and I both, we say to you, wherever you drink, uh, drink with friends, drink to Eintracht, we say Prost. Welcome back. Segment two. Hey, on track Frankfurt, Garrett, Metro Detroit, Chris in the middle of the mitten. It's an all Great Lakes show here. Um, I will be in Madison, Wisconsin next weekend for the match. Don't know what the plan is for that one yet. If you have any ideas in Madison, uh, hit me up. Uh, and on that note, Garrett, let's take a look around the league. Um, we'll start with Bundesliga one and then an interesting one from Bundesliga two. But um there's one obvious one that sticks out around the league this week. Any matchups where you're like, oh, I did not predict that before the weekend happened? Um, I am going to go, I mean, the one, like, quick rundown. Union Berlin, Heidenheim 2-2. There to Bremen, Darmstadt 1-1. Darmstadt had two goals overturned by VAR. Uh, Mönchengladbach 5, Falkham 2. Um, Bayern 2, Leipzig 1 in a game I didn't want any one of them to win. Uh, Harry Kane in stoppage time for that one. Dortmund 2, Hoffenheim 3. Hoffenheim open. Uh, Dortmund with 2, Hoffenheim with 2 late. Um, Augsburg coming back from 1-0 down to beat a Freiburg side who gave everything to beat Lons in Europa League on Thursday. Um, and then the matchup that I was shocked by... Um, I will say also before that, Leverkusen 2-1 over Mainz on Friday. Um, Dominic Kaur, of all people, getting the equalizer for Mainz. Um, Stuttgart 1, Köln 1. Granted, no Dennis Unda for Stuttgart, but just a day where the chances weren't going in the net. So um, if I were to go shocking on that, i go Stuttgart, Köln is my most shocking result. Then Hoffenheim in Dortmund because Hoffenheim needed a win. And yeah. I wasn't expecting it to take place there. Uh, Svai Bundesliga, taking a brief look. Well, um, I'll tell you the big one there. St. Pauli 4, Holstein Kiel 3. Uh, that one really yeah. put some separation there in the table. Um, currently, you know, that that's one that always goes down to the last day of the season. Uh, in the top four, you got St. Pauli, Holstein Kiel, Hamburg, and Greutherford. Uh, fourth at 38, but right behind that, you got two teams on 37 and Dusseldorf on 36. So that's shaping up just like we always expect to go right down to the wire. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We're accustomed to Hamburg falling off in the last week or last two weeks of the season. Uh, Hertha Berlin, for those that, you know, are obsessed with big names and big stadiums, they're floundering mid-table. Uh, it shouldn't be too much of a threat unless they go on a, a real heater. And Schalke sitting down at 14th. Um, they should be safe on 26 points. That 16 spot right now is... Uh, oh, I'm stuck. Where am I? And there we go. Kaiser Slaughter. Kaiser Slaughter at 22, uh, tied with Hansa with 22 points and 17. So there's a lot to play out in the second division that's going to affect us next year. Sometimes it's just fun to look at what other teams are doing when yours is playing mediocre football like ours. So anything else stick out around the league for you? I think it's really impressive when you look at the Spy Bundesliga table and St. Pauli's only lost one match over 23 played. They got nine draws. Um, so that's a team that will do whatever it takes to at least get a result. And that's why I think that's why they are where they are with a little bit of a gap now. Um, if anything, in this top five top five or six, I want to see... Um, I This is probably the most motivated I think I have seen Hanover. Yeah. Even in the even in years, maybe the last time I've seen him this motivated is um, after you know the tragic uh, tragic end of Robert N K, and then the year or two after where they made Europe yeah. after surviving. Um, you know, obviously with the situation that Nathan covered in great detail last week. If you haven't checked that out, go back into it. It's a great description of what took place with the DFL investor deal. But this is a Hamburg uh, Hanover side supporters and club that are now hella motivated um and they're not far from getting into third because hamburg finds a way of collapsing whether it's from the top into a playoff spot or a playoff spot out of it so i want to see what hanover does this final third of the spy bundesliga season um and if Holstein Kiel go up, you have two uh, Hamburg area teams yeah. that um, are automatically going up for 24-25. Uh, you did mention the uh, investment deal that appears to have fallen through completely. Um, as a host, I did not have an opportunity to get enough quality data together for that. That is something that we'll cover on the next show uh, in its entirety. Give you If you haven't heard Nathan's recap from the last episode telling us how we got to that point, the day before uh, the deal fell apart, the day after we published that episode. But his summary is a fantastic one and, and certainly speaks for, I think, the majority of all fans for how we were feeling about it, just kind of left behind in the whole picture. So we'll definitely cover that coming up because it is a hot topic in the German game right now. Um, now, Garrett, we're going to talk about what's coming up. <laughs> and we can't mm-hmm. avoid it any longer. It's uh, It's going to happen. Uh, we're going to go out of order first um, because the first match I'm going to cover doesn't have a whole lot to do with the weekend. But next Tuesday, the Frauen are back in action. Finally, it seems like it's been a month. It's really just been uh, really a week and a half off at this point. But coming off a loss uh, to Leipzig before the break, a disappointing loss to say the very least. Um, back in action, the Frauen will be playing the DFB Pokal. Quarterfinal against Duisburg at uh, it's going to be eighteen thirty um, in Germany and twelve thirty here on the east side of the United States. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I expect them to roll in this one. I don't have a lot of analysis other than Duisburg is the bottom of the table, 
but we've really, really struggled to finish out those matches. For the most part, we have, but we've dropped points to the bottom of the table in league play. So this one does concern me a little bit. And then we play them two weeks later uh, back on home turf. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I just I don't. I don't want to get too far ahead Set of myself. Set the tone. I'm sorry. This one's at home. The one in league play in two weeks is on yeah. the road. Um, but I think it's one of those where you set the tone. You're coming off a break. Yeah. The legs are rested for the most part. Uh, people are coming back healthy. Set the tone early. You know you have the talent and just lay into them really You're, hard. You know who you got next after that, too. Bayern. You have to set the tone. Yeah. This, you ha- this is how you set the tone for that match. You have two matches you need to get out of your system in Wolfsburg and Leipzig away. Start. What's the? I'm going to channel Cobra Kai. Strike hard, strike fast, strike often. Show no mercy. Sweep the legs. <laughs> I mean, if that's, it, th- that's next Thursday's mindset. If it was that easy, on track Frankfurt would hoist some Meisterschale this year. It, it's not quite that simple. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, get them early and then get some rotation in the second half because with Bayern on the weekend, they're going to be two entirely different styles. Duisburg is going to be. Uh, kind of a grinding physical sort of match and Byron's going to be wide open. We've played with them. We played well with them in recent years, um, but I don't want to get caught looking ahead either. So just take care of business the way you have to do it and then protect some ankles, protect some heads because it's going to get physical if you take a lead in that one. So we'll have a recap of that one next week and then we'll, um, we'll get right into the Byron talk for the Frauen after that. Uh, but the men's side, Garrett, Back in action. It, it's quick, you know, week here for us to solve. And then we got to get back into it. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt at Heidenheim, Saturday, March 2nd, 930 here in Detroit, 830 in Madison, where I'll be watching 1530 in Frankfurt and 230 p.m. Irish Standard Time, where front of the show, Eddie and his son, Sam, will be watching. And for Sam's sake, I hope we can have an episode next week without a parental advisory notice because I'm, I'm just kind of sick of feeling bad, Garrett. I'm sick of this feeling of draws and drop points to the bottom half of the table. Um, Currently Heidenheim, not exactly playing terrible. Uh, They're in a stretch of, of pulling draws and, you know, giving up leads where they have a chance of pulling three points, only getting one also giving up leads and not scoring goals at all. So they're sitting 10th in the table on 28 points, which sounds crazy, but we're only at 34 points. So not a lot of space there. Once you get below Leipzig in fifth, uh, it's kind of an open game there for the next five spots. Uh, Garrett, where's your mind yeah. at heading into this match with Heidenheim? Um, I have been one, if you go back to prior, when we've been doing around the leagues, I have been impressed with Heidenheim this year uh, in terms of how they've taken to life in the fir- in the sp- in the Bundesliga. Um, this is a team that does not quit. This is a team that absolutely fights. Um, this is a team that's only lost one time in the league since December second, and that was to and that was to Leverkusen, and they pushed Leverkusen hard. Um, ho- you know, they were hosting them that day. Um, every game has been a draw in this restart, with the exception of the win at Werder Bremen, going into Werder's 125th anniversary celebration and just spoiling the party. They've 
drawn both times with Dortmund this year. Um, we beat them two 0 earlier in the year, and that was we like we were playing a little bit more direct. We played like we had a fire up our ass that day. Um, we're gonna need that to have a chance in this match because this is gonna be a Heidenheim team that will make that will work. Um, three people with seven goals each on that team: uh, Aaron Dinchi, Jan Nicholas Besta, and Tim Kleindeist, um, each with seven goals. Um, they don't allow many either. They've, you know, they've allowed, they've allowed 40 and 23, but they've scored 33. Um, and you know, we're going to have our, if we want to play our nice passy possession game, we're going to have our work cut out in creating chances. So I think we need to up things up. Yeah. Um, yeah, from a statistical standpoint, you know, we're, we're fairly even on most of the performance metrics goals. We're close. The goals per game, obviously, are similar. Shots on goal are very similar. They're right behind us as far as the uh, lack of shots on goal around league play. I'm not sure about about other competitions like the Pokal, but uh, that doesn't matter at this point. Um, shots at goal, we put more on target than they do. They attempt a lot. Or I'm sorry, they attempt a few. They miss target on more than we do. Um, but that tells me there's going to be opportunities to get them taking shots from weird angles outside, maybe things where they can't get them on target. Uh, their advantage on us is in passing. They pass the ball better than we do, which means we can't be giving the ball away because we're going to have a hard time getting it back. Yeah. And that's not a fight that I want to have um, for perspective. If they're pretty equal to us on metrics, uh, their entire payroll is coming in at $49 million. Ours is over 230 million. Let's just keep that in mind when we consider the bang for the buck here. Um, the difference between being 10th in the table and a floundering sixth is uh, a good hefty sum of money there. Um, Garrett, let's go with predictions. How do you feel? Um, I'm not going to predict a loss. Um, that's not in my wheelhouse on the show. I need to see a little bit more than what I have been seeing lately to return to winning predictions. Um, I think Heidenheim are going to be up for it. Um, hosting Frankfurt, you know, it's a small ground, but it's a passionate ground. And I'm going to go one, one. I hope we, I hope they, some heavy listens to this gets pissed off, and then they play pissed off. Um, Marmush is who I got for the goal, uh, but 1-1. One, one. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm close with you on that. I'm going to go with 2-1 on track uh, for no other reason other than I, I really think it's going to be a draw. But like you said, at some point, I think someone's got to show some heart. Um, maybe the late tying goal against Wolfsburg gives us that, you know, Hey, they scared us. Um, but we figured it out in the end. I don't know. I don't know if we have that kind of heart in us. I don't know where it's going to come from. Um, but I think this is an Ansgar Knauf game. Uh, he's the kind of guy who's shown us the flashes at times this year, but I think this is one where he can really, if we can find him out there and, and let him cook a little bit, I think the soup will taste real nice. Um, he did score in the first matchup. Exactly. He got the second goal. Yep. yep. 
Um, and I kind of want to see another one from Marmouche just to be like, I'm going to be a regular. You know, we, we always relied on RKM for a goal a game. It felt like um, I, I hope that that's where Marmouche is right now. Um, yeah, it, it's simply predicting on a hope at this point. I don't know what to expect. Neither one of us do, or we'd be making a lot more money telling someone else, uh, you know, our predictions because I picking on track Frankfurt is really hard. Just as soon as you think you got things figured out, uh, you get reminded that, you know, absolutely nothing at all, but it's fun. There's our soundbite for this episode. <laughs> That's why we do it. Uh, Garrett, thanks for joining me. Where are we finding you on the socials? Find me, uh, Twitter X, Instagram, Discord, GM Comets, uh, on track fight for Detroit, Detroit SKA, uh, TBD on if anything's going on Saturday, cause gotta figure out, um, details and so forth on that, but be on the lookout. Um, we'll see what happens. Just, uh, wherever you watch, you know, try to keep as positive as possible. It's hard, <laughs> but getting there. We'll get there. We, we've been lower in the past. We'll, we'll get back to where we want to be going forward. And that kind of perspective is always important when you follow a club like this. Uh, you can find me on all the socials at C in the D three, one, three, um, check out the show. All of our links are at halfpod.com in the top right corner. Um, we got some new stuff that, that I'm working on there. Brian keeps hounding me. I keep trying. I'm not a web developer, uh, but we hope you get just a little bit out of our website. Uh, the statistics zone gets some great feedback on match days. Our numbers have gone up almost every single week on that one. A uh, really cool opportunity to watch what's going on in the Eintracht match live and on the same screen, see all the other scores from other Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2 action and Frauen Bundesliga around Germany. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you checking in with the show. Twitter.com or X.com forward slash HEF pod on Instagram at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, we thank everyone who participates in the Discord chat, who downloads, likes, subscribes, follows, all that good stuff. Uh, this is a fan-run podcast, and we're looking for more fans to join our ranks. If you have a hot take you want to put on the show, or, you know, the hot takes I have, they're always just full of shit. Um, let's hear your take. I'd love to put it on the air. Um, Again, as always, we thank Brian for creating this awesome outlet for our love of Eintracht Frankfurt. And it is love, even though it doesn't sound like it all the time. And, of course, uh, Nathan in St. Louis, who produces the show, does all of our show art. Uh, we appreciate all the effort he puts into it. Miles for our half-pod branding. The others uh, that have participated in the show that are still around that we interact with on a daily basis to make sure that all of our voices are heard out here in Eintracht Frankfurt land. Uh, so I've rambled on enough here. Uh, we're going to say goodnight and we hope the best for the weekend. Until next time, cheers. This is the most frustrating sixth place team I feel like I've ever talked about. That damn diva. Hey,